0: it is late at night and I am Norman. Welcome to the very first episode of the Late Night Watch Talk podcast. And those of you who've been following this podcast are probably wondering what in the world is going on. I had to reformat the podcast, sadly, due to technical difficulties that apparently I cannot resolve. So I would record entire episodes of me commuting to and from Kung Fu talking to you about watches. And then when I go back to edit the podcast, I would find out that half of the episode is completely unusable because my recording device started glitching out all over the place. So the last episode that I did, I was walking around the neighborhood because I really didn't have anywhere to commute. So I was walking around the neighborhood recording the podcast and when I got back it was completely unusable. So that same day I re-recorded it this time in my backyard and the same thing happened. So at that point I decided to look into maybe different technology and I figured I could look into portable podcast recording equipment something that would have a decent audio quality but I can still carry it around with me. Those are not cheap. And at this point I can't really drop that kind of money, maybe in the future. So I decided I would just use different recording equipment. And unfortunately that means that I can't really take it around with me. So I decided I would follow sort of a similar format to my YouTube channel. And that is to go out into the workshop late at night, and record the podcast as you can hear i'm still having some issues with the microphone kind of being wonky and i'm hoping to have that cleared up by the next episode but i think so far the quality is even better than what i was doing with the previous format so so hopefully the next one will be even better other than that the content will be very similar in that I'll have a very basic bullet point list, and I'll essentially just be talking to you about watches. So that is what the deal is with the format change of the podcast. And with that, I gave it a new name and everything, and we'll see how this goes. Before I dive in, what do I have on my arm? Tonight, I am wearing the newly arrived Pal Yacht Deluxe. So this is the second palliat Deluxe that I own. This one is a silver dial, and it has kind of a radial, like sunburst texture to it. Kind of like the Timex Marlin 34 with the silver dial. So it has kind of a radiant shine to it, um, and the markers on this are just phenomenal. And that's really why I ended up getting this. Of course, this was one of the two watches that I accidentally bought. Uh, I just did a video explaining how that happened. But stupidly, I didn't realize that when you make an offer on eBay, it's binding if the other party uh, accepts it. So I kind of put an offer out there on this watch just to see. And uh, they accepted it. And I got a message saying I had to pay now. So this was supposed to arrive in September, but it showed up early. So I have this amazing looking watch on my wrist. The 12, 3, 6, and 9 indicators on it are all numerals, and they're stretched out so that they look like batten markers. So the 12 is in a font that is really, really thin and really tall, Same with the six and the three and the nine, though, are really wide and short. So they look like bat markers and the font is just phenomenal. This watch is super Jetsons looking. I It's so cool. It is way mid-century style. And I really lucked out with this one in that it seems to be keeping decent time. I think it's within a minute a day still. Something like that. I had it set. A little bit slow when I first got it because all my other cheap vintage Russian watches tend to run really fast so I set it a couple minutes slow and I noticed that the next day it was still kind of slow so I wasn't sure if it was slowing down or exactly how far back I had set it so now I have it set to the right time according to my phone and it's still within a minute a full day later so um yeah this thing is absolutely amazing and i got it for a killer deal uh because i made an offer it was under a hundred dollars um it's actually not that bad to wind it either so that is what is on my arm tonight and that kind of leads me into my first topic which is are cheap vintage watches worth it and i'm actually changing my mind on this when i got my first palliot watch I wasn't sure that I was down for the whole cheap vintage thing. Uh, it's unpleasant to wind the thing. It really doesn't keep great time. It, I mean, it looks absolutely awesome, but it wanders, uh, man, a minute or more a day. And at least it did when I got it. And it kept randomly stopping. However, now that I've had the max bill... And had to deal with its tiny little crown and winding it, which was shockingly similar to these palliates. I've realized that I just have to be a little bit more heavy-handed when I'm winding them. And not be so delicate and dainty like I am with pretty much all my hand winders. Uh, but I'm used to pieces like the Stova Antia or the Nomos Orion, where they're buttery smooth... You can just lightly grip the crown so that when they get full the crown can just stop and your fingers can slip but with these palliots you really have to kind of grip that crown and listen to it to make sure that it's still winding and hasn't just dead stopped now that i've been doing that and being a little bit more mm, rough with the crown i guess i'm actually able to get a decent amount of uh turns in when i'm winding that original pal yacht and so it's not stopping anymore i think the issue was i really didn't have it wound very far and so it was kind of dying uh or out of power but now i can get a decent um, 20 turns off of the crown and it seems to be running great other than its inaccuracy but it's a hand winder. So even with the inaccuracy, I'm really not even that much of a stickler on it anymore. I tend to wind my watches, my manual wind watches. I I wind them twice a day. Uh, whether that's ridiculous or not, I don't know. But uh, I usually give them about 20 turns in the morning and at night, but I'll feel for when they're starting to fill up. So uh, what I do with that Palliot is every time I wind it, I kind of tweak the hands a little bit. If it's ahead, I'll turn them back to where they should be. Um, and it really isn't that much of a problem. It basically tells me the time. So even though it's not terribly accurate, it's always within a minute or so of the real time. So are these cheap vintage watches worth it? I would say, depending on what you're looking for, they actually are. If you're looking for a tool watch or a dive watch, I would stay away from them if it was me. I wouldn't expect them to be anything tough or rugged, at least not the ones that I buy. But if you're looking for like just a really nice looking watch, just the aesthetics of it, which is why I personally like the vintage ones. So these just have a look that you can't get with modern watches with very with very few exceptions i mean the max bill for example is full on vintage style the timex marlins 34s are stuff like that but for the most part modern watches are bulkier and just not quite as elegant looking as some of these vintage pieces and if you can pick one up for around a hundred dollars my thought is even if it the thing doesn't work You could still put it on and and, uh, Andy Warhol the thing. Just wear it not even wound. Who cares? Uh, We all have phones on us. And you have this great looking vintage watch that you can look down at and it looks amazing. So that's my plan for some of the cheap vintage watches that I have. Like If I buy a cheap Russian watch or something and it shows up and it's a dud, the thing doesn't even work. I might still put it on the wrist here and there and just wear it to admire it. And similarly, uh, for the ones that I have that do work, um, if their movements end up dying or something, that doesn't mean that I'm not going to wear them. Uh, That doesn't even mean that I'm not going to have them serviced, actually, depending on the cost for that, uh, because they look so great. Um, This one that I just bought with the silver dial, I was glancing at the case today and it looks brand new. I don't even see scratches on the case and it's nice and it has nice and sharp edges on it. So it doesn't look like it was uh, overly polished or, you know, cleaned up repeatedly. It looks like a brand new watch. The dial looks brand new, might be. I'm pretty sure these dials are are new and so they're Franken watches, but I mean, 80 bucks, 100 bucks. who cares? They look absolutely brilliant. And recently, seeing an expensive vintage watch in person, I just saw an Omega Seamaster DeVille, basically the Don Draper watch, and I was shocked at how similar the experience is of wearing that watch to wearing my Palliots. They're both light. Their cases are very similar in shape as well. Obviously, the movement in the Omega is like far and above beyond whatever is in these Palliots. And it definitely showed when I was winding that watch. That watch wound kind of like my Stova, just nice and smooth. You could tell that it's a really nice movement in it. However, the accuracy that it's getting is on par with this second Palliot that I got. So... If you're buying inexpensive vintage watches like this, you might luck out and get something that's actually, at least right now, pretty accurate. We'll see how long this movement lasts and how long it remains accurate. But that was one thing that really shocked me. Um, And I was on vacation at the time that I got to see that watch. And soon it'll be shipped to me so I can review it and spend some time with it and then send it back to my friend. But that absolutely surprised me. And I was really excited to get back to see my Pal Yacht. And so the first thing that I did, even though I did do a watch swap with that friend, and I'll be talking about that watch in future episodes, uh, even though I had that and that thing is brilliant and the most expensive piece I've ever had on my wrist, I was actually really excited to put the Pal Yacht on because I knew that it would have sort of that similar aesthetic to the Don Draper watch and the similar experience having it on the wrist. It's so crazy. That was by far the nicest vintage watch that I've ever seen in person and crazy that the experience of it on the wrist is so similar to these inexpensive vintage watches. So perhaps... Uh, vintage pieces being vintage is kind of an equalizer in a way perhaps i don't know we'll find out as i encounter other vintage watches and uh how my however my journey ends up going in that area i have a theory so you're all aware of all the watch drama going on and uh man it is like sharks circling a whale carcass it's insane um And all of this that I'm experiencing is on YouTube. Uh, So a different medium from this um, and other social media or medium outlets and stuff. But this is all on YouTube. And it's so crazy to watch it. There are channels that are even smaller than my tiny little channel. And they put out videos with this certain gentleman's name in the title And their videos get thousands of views within that first hour. It is absolute madness. And most of these videos aren't even adding to the discussion. I think from what I've experienced, probably maybe one out of every 10 video or so actually is adding information or adding to the whole discussion. It's just insane. And I mean, I understand it. You could put out a video and just throw a guy's name in the title and you're going to get thousands of views for it, even if you're not really saying much, Um, just spouting your opinion without any additional facts or anything. Um, And that's not to downplay everybody because there are some good uh, discussion videos out there, but there are also ones that are just uh, like YouTube equivalent of clickbait there. And even the big guys, the big heavies, the biggest watch nerds out there are also circling the whale carcass. It's absolutely insane. And so I have a theory because I feel like all of this drama is actually impacting at least my channel. And I suspect others as well, Uh, because a few weeks ago or so, my all of I always look at the views every uh, 48 hours so the the view count that you have for the last 48 hours those are the analytics that I kind of glance at all the time Uh, when I'm doing analysis of course there's all kinds of other stuff but I look at that and it was a steady climb there for a while it actually got really really stable because sometimes um youtube or probably content creation in general gets really depressing because you're working so hard, you're trying to improve your content and stuff, and put stuff out there on a regular basis, and you're looking at your counts and they're all they're going up and down. So there've been times where I've put out videos and I'm like, "Yes, this one's going to be good. This is a brand and a piece that everyone is familiar with. A lot of people are really into this will be a good video and then the the views just aren't there in general that video does okay but your overall views kind of drop but everything was nice and stable um my channel is tiny so when i mention these counts and stuff you can chuckle to yourselves but my 48 hour count uh had actually broken a thousand views here and there and 800 or so was a really good floor it never dropped below that it was really nice actually so it uh it wasn't depressing i didn't go on and be like oh these counts are lower than they were a month ago or whatever it always had that floor of 800 and kind of toyed around with the 900s going up into a thousand here and there and then out of the blue for no apparent reason um i didn't Stop posting videos. I didn't change anything up. But my view count dropped all the way down to like almost half of that. And it's still down there. It's still hovering around six and slowly dropping. And I was uh, really bummed out and confused. And then I realized that all of that happened right about the time that this drama started occurring. And so I'm wondering if maybe those videos are being served up in lieu of other ones. Um, That's my theory. So either everyone hates my channel now or YouTube just isn't serving them up so that the drama can be served instead, because that's what everyone's interested in. I mean, who doesn't like a, a huge whale carcass floating in the ocean if you're swimming around it? But that's my theory, and it's only a theory I have no idea. For all I know, uh, I've just become boring. I haven't asked other uh, content creators if they're seeing anything similar or not, so right now it's just a wild guess. But we'll see what happens as time goes on. It It's crazy, though. Actually, lots of crazy stuff happening on YouTube with uh, people getting channels shut down just for reviewing Fakes, not promoting them at all, actually exposing them and helping people to identify them. That that's just craziness. And it leads me into what is becoming a common um portion of the podcast, and that is Instagram jail updates. So, yes, my Instagram account is still in jail. Uh, this has been going on since June. I report multiple times, I report the problem. Uh, like I've stated in previous podcasts, now I can, uh, I post pictures, but any comments that I put along with them, any information that I have with those get stripped out. So basically I'm just posting a bunch of pictures with no context or, um, hashtags or anything. It's just pictures. So that's, that's awesome. And I am able to like other people's posts. So I'm grateful for that. Um, I can message people so sometimes if they comment on my stuff and the options available I can click message and message them my thank you for that. I've been able to successfully follow a couple people but I still can't uh, comment uh, directly on the post so that is the Instagram jail update. I've even been making sure that I don't have any URLs in my comments when I post them because that's there's only two things that I can think of, and I'm pretty sure I mentioned this in a previous podcast, but when I first got onto Instagram, I, I followed a ton of watch nerd accounts. Uh, basically, I just went through and clicked follow on any nerd, watch nerd accounts that I could find. However, I've never mass unfollowed from them, which is something that I know that Instagram looks for in determining whether an account is a bot account or not. I've only unfollowed very a handful of accounts. But that's one thing. And the other thing is I do post URLs in my comments because I generally write the text for a post and I copy that. That way I can use that text in multiple social media platforms and I'll paste it into those posts as well. And so I like to have links for Twitter which means that I paste that same text when I do my Instagram posts. So I don't know if they don't appreciate the URLs being in there. So I've been sure to strip those out of my recent uh, posts, but it doesn't seem to make a difference. And no matter how many times I report the issue, it doesn't seem to make a difference. So I don't know if my account is broken Or it's somehow fallen under a category where it will never be restored to a normal account status? I have absolutely no idea. I'm afraid, and I really hope this doesn't happen, but I'm afraid that I might have to ditch that account and create something completely new and start all over from scratch. At least if I have to do that, I know people now, so I can track down good friends that I have on Instagram and slowly build um, a network of accounts that I follow that I'm not really familiar with, but I'll let that just kind of slowly grow. I don't know. I really hope it doesn't come down to that, but man, I mentioned earlier that I did a watch swap with a friend of mine. And uh, this is the first time I've really done that. I've never lent watches to anyone. I've had amazing people uh, like David Schwartz send me a watch. And that was back when he knew he didn't know me really at all. I, we chatted, I think, a couple times. And uh, he's so cool. He sent me a watch so that I can experience it and, and review it. And uh, But I've never sent watches to other people and or swapped watches with people. So this is the very first time. And I was surprised that how soon it was that I started missing the watches that I lent out. I lent the Max Bill and the Space View, which was still in honeymoon phase, uh, and the Hamilton Khaki Field on the brand new bund strap that I had bought for that. And I did a video about that. If you want to see what a black bun strap looks like on a Hamilton khaki field, it's actually really cool. Um, it's yeah, it is completely different than what you would get with a brown bun strap or something that's more 70s looking. This is like a, a thing all its own. I mean, it has full on 70s DNA and stuff, but with the black there, it's a totally different aesthetic. Um, but yeah, I was surprised at how soon it was that I started really missing those watches. So they will get a ton of wrist time when we're done doing this swap. That is for sure. And something very interesting happened yesterday. This was crazy. So I ordered the Serica. It took forever because I had to sell off a couple pieces and I had to wait for some money to come in before I could order it. And I was trying to get in on the august batch so i think it was 200 pieces were going to be shipped out in august and after that it was going to go out in october or i think it was october if i remember correctly and yesterday i got an email from serica this was the first communication that i've had with them I actually check my account every day to see if there's anything like right now. It just says that it's processing. It has the date that I ordered it and said that it's processing. And so I check that every day and see if maybe there's some updated details there, uh, like where they are in the process. Uh, But yesterday I got an email stating that all the movements are in, And they're going to be starting on the cases and stuff like that. And that the watches will be arriving in September and they apologized for the delay. So either that is a general email that they sent to absolutely everyone who's purchased one, or I actually somehow made it into that August group. If that's the case, then that piece might be arriving as soon as September, which is really, really exciting. I'm actually super excited to see this watch. I'm really hoping, as I've mentioned in the past, that this is the dive watch that has a comfortable position in my collection. Because so far, dive watches are the one area that's completely fluid. As much as I have had pieces that are Close to my idea of a perfect dive watch, they still end up moving out. Um, and the most recent ones were the C65 Trident. Because of its case size, it was just too big for me. The date window was kind of kind of bothered me. Uh, but the Baltic was the interesting one because it was nearly perfect. It was under 40 millimeters. It was a great size for me. The crystal was absolutely phenomenal. I really like the brand. The only thing that I can think of as a criticism that I had on that watch is I like bezels that angle down and its bezel was perfectly flat and kind of had some overhang over the case. And so the overall aesthetic was a really like proud, really tall, proud bezel look to it where I would have preferred something more like the C-65 Triton, that everything kind of slopes down and angles down and just gives it a really elegant, slimmer aesthetic. But that was a really weak criticism. It really didn't bother me that much. There wasn't anything about the Baltic that that really bugged me. But the reason, and, and there is a reason that one went, and it isn't the Baltic's fault at all, it was because this Serica was so mind-blowingly amazing looking. When I saw it, I knew immediately that I had to get one. And so the C-65 and the Baltic were both um, casualties of that. Same with the Malvern. I actually sold the Malvern, which is sad. and But I had to do what I had to do. Because that Serica, I'm hoping, is going to be worth all of that pain and sadness but we'll see we will see so with that i'm going to wrap up this first episode of the podcast i thank you for listening and i can't wait to talk to you again